is gooder than you know. Amen. I know that's not good English, but it'll work in Muskogee, Oklahoma, I tell you, praise God. So anyway, turn in your Bibles, if you would please, tonight to uh, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter number 15, chapter number 15, praise God. The Lord, I believe, has just been wonderfully, uh, you know, good to us in guiding us, I believe, through uh, in what to preach. I've been blessed by what He's had us to minister on of late. How many of you were here last week for four simple things? Uh, that's going to be one that ought to go in the top ten archive, you know, whatever. God's just, if you haven't, I thought I would minister on that again tonight. And, uh, but nope, uh, the Lord has led me. <laughs> The Lord has led me different, and uh, I am glad about it. I'm glad about it. What seemed right in my heart and mind tonight uh, was to minister to you on the subject of healing. Uh, Praise God. I had anticipated that Dr. Jacobs would minister along that line, and uh, uh, him not come until at least some time later. This is something we need. This is something that we need constantly fed and ministered and taught, uh, praise God, because uh, sickness, disease, weakness is going to knock on the door of all of our lives, Amen. Uh, just simply because we still walk around in a world dominated by the curse, uh, amen, and I want you to be fortified, I want you to be strong, God does too, amen. and so the title of my message tonight is Sickness is an Enemy, amen. Sickness is an Enemy, and uh, praise God. So uh, we want to, uh, to have this proved out to us by the Bible, uh, that sickness is an enemy. But let's bow our heads and uh, get the Lord involved with us. Father, we thank you for utterance uh, being given unto me. So thank you, Father God, for opening up our eyes, uh, letting our minds be renewed. That, Father God, that this wonderful, wonderful truth about the healing of our bodies, living in divine health, Uh, is being established uh, in all of us. For most here tonight and watching online, I understand that I'm I'm ministering on something that they have heard teaching before. So in their hearts, I'm watering seed that's already been sown. But for those that might be new on the podcast or even here tonight, have not heard this, that God, I'm sowing seed that I believe will go into good ground And Father God will spring forth in a wonderful harvest of healing and health. We've already heard tonight so wonderfully, so powerfully what standing in a steadfast way on your word will do in a person's body. And we just so thank you, Father God, that what you do for one, you will do for all. And we just uh, appreciate your help and being involved with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And so, you know... uh, Everyone, life and death hinges on things. Victory and failure, success or defeat, they hinge on things, don't they? Uh, Victory doesn't just land randomly on folks. Defeat doesn't just, you know, know, it's not defeat on the earth by the lottery. Right? God isn't just especially said, you're my favorite and you're my favorite and I'm going to do things for you I will not do for anyone else. That would make him a respecter of persons. And the devil is not out just singling someone out to say, I'm just a mean devil and I'm just going to pick on you. 
No, he's the mean devil, and he'll pick on everyone that doesn't run him off and deal with him. And one of the hinges that life, I'm talking about big issues, life and death swing on, hinge on, is your mind, our attitude towards sickness. Our attitude towards sickness and disease can determine whether one lives or dies. I don't have time to run that route with you. God isn't the one choosing, you know, when and the how and pulling the trigger and setting appointments on when and how somebody dies. Read Proverbs. You could be a fool and shorten your life. You could be wise and you can lengthen your life. Right? You can cooperate with God, like she said, and God will satisfy you with a long life. Or you can sin and be reckless and be a bad steward and talk wrong and die early. Right? God isn't the one choosing. Death and life is not in the power of God. I know, that's, I know that, that stirs up religious devils, but that's reli- death and life's in the power of the tongue. Whose tongue? Your tongue. My tongue. And uh, so it's very important that we maintain a proper biblical attitude towards sickness. And the attitude I want to focus on tonight is the mindset that you should have, that I should have, the attitude that sickness is an enemy. Sickness is an enemy. That's my attitude towards sickness. Sickness is an enemy. Sickness is not my friend. Sickness is not my school teacher. Sickness is not, you know, God's method of teaching me anything. Sickness of every kind to every degree is my enemy. That's how I think about it. And I got that thinking from the Bible. I wasn't born with that thinking. I I trained myself to think that way by studying my Bible and by listening to biblical teaching that's skillful on the subject. So I want to just begin tonight by showing you from the Word that sickness and disease for the Christian is in fact an enemy. And that's true for every. I don't care if they're unsaved. It's still an enemy. But for those of us who are in Christ, we are children of God. We are redeemed from the curse of the law. Sickness, it does not belong. It's not supposed to be there. It's a violation of our covenant. And you've got to have the right attitude toward it. One of the areas that I see is uh, an area of mistake and hindrance in Christians is that they're too passive about sickness and disease. They're too accommodating. And when I say passive, they might know and have been taught by me, by doctors, by others, that sickness, that we're redeemed from it, that healing's a promise, that you don't have to have it. But if we have this passive mindset, oh, Father, I thank you, that's so great, that's so wonderful, I know you want me to be healed, and you just get in this waiting mode, waiting, waiting, waiting for God to do something, your attitude toward it is wrong. It's a hindering mindset that you have. You're sweet, but you're going to have to be the right attitude when sickness shows up is you're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to have a fighting spirit. A fighting spirit. A warring spirit. A I ain't going to take it spirit. Because if you just are too passive, amen, uh, you're just going to find you're going to have what you ought not have. Right. And you're going to deal with uh, what you ought not be dealing with. Yeah. Right. 
And all the while thinking that you're in simple, innocent trust waiting on God to bring it to pass. You are not, none of us are waiting on God to manifest healing in our bodies. None of us. Jesus didn't endure 39 stripes of the Roman soldier in his back and all the beatings and all the scourging and the cross and three nights and th- three days and three nights in hell so that you could wait five years, three years, two years, three days, six months. Now I understand there's a standing time, but the, you're not standing waiting on God to get ready to heal you. It's just us. It's just us standing in there and just running, the, having an attitude. Uh, I'm going to outlast you, devil. I've got the right attitude towards sickness. And I'm willing, to, I'm willing to stay in this ring until I put a hurting on you. And you're going to wish you never showed up in my house. You're going to wish you never put that temperature on my baby. You're going you're gonna to remember this for a long time, devil. Kind of attitude. Amen. Now, I know a lot of people get into a self-condemnation mode, and so I'm going to say to you again, no condo bondo. We don't do condo bondo around here. You know what I mean by condo bondo? No condemnation, no bondage. Nobody's attacking you. If you've had a long struggle, nobody's attacking you. Nobody's calling you weak in faith. Nobody's calling you anything. We're all learning. We're all growing. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help us. I'm trying to help myself. Here's the standard I operate on, okay? If I can't get symptoms off of me and get my health going back the right direction in 24, 36 hours, maybe 48, if it's still, if I'm getting worse and not better, then I'm going to, and I know I don't have a scripture for this, okay? So that's fine. I'm just telling you. Then I go to spiritually seeking out other reasons why I'm not on top of this thing. So you're not being aggressive enough. You're not being interested enough. You're not being on it enough. If you just kind of watch your overall health trend down week after week, day after day, month after month, and you go to doctors and you go to this and you go to that, and nothing's turning, nothing's changing. No condo bondo. But you need to know God enough where you can have a conversation with Him because the helper lives on the inside of you and He wants you well. wants you well. But a big part of it is having the right attitude, having the right mindset toward it. Amen. Look at this in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. Paul writes here and says, The last, now this is a big word in this sermon, enemy. Notice the word enemy. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is what? Death. Now how does death occur? Now, there's sudden moments you get a bullet to the head. That's, going to, that's not sickness, but it'll kill you sure enough, right? right? You know, tragedies, accidents, collisions, whatever. But, you know, that's not how most people go out. The devil drives most Christians out of the planet by, through sickness and disease, doesn't he? That's how he does. And so what is death? Death is the inevitable result of any sickness and any disease that isn't stopped. Right. If you don't stop it with 
the body's natural ability to fight it off and the immune system and to correct itself if, you, if the medication doesn't do it, if the surgery doesn't do it, whatever. It, every sickness will lead to death if it is not stopped medically, naturally, or supernaturally. So we could say that death is sickness on the way. Sickness is death on the way. Sickness is death on the way. Right? So if death is an enemy, and it is, the Bible said it was, then sickness must be an enemy too. That's what I want you to see. Is that not right? Does that make good biblical sense to you? Sickness is an enemy. Sickness is your adversary. It is part of the curse and you have been redeemed from it. Amen? You have to have, like I said, a fierce, steadfast, fighting spirit when it comes to sickness. You cannot be passive about it. You have to know who you are in Christ. And if you don't know yet, you need to be on it. Coming to church, getting the right material, sitting under the right preaching and teaching, filling your ears with it, searching it out, find out who you are in Christ. And one of the things you'll find out is that you are the healed in Christ. Because He paid for that. You are the righteousness of God. He paid for that already. You are the rich. He paid for that already. Amen. Glory to God. So I want to say this too. You know, for here, let me give you a little insight into Satan's uh, motivation and his, his mindset on a strategic level about you as a Christian. He, he wanted and he tried to do everything he could to keep you. He wants you to go to hell with him. But when you accepted Jesus as your Lord, he lost you to heaven. You don't, you're not a citizen of his kingdom anymore. You may not know it, but you're not under his dominion anymore. And he has lost you to heaven. So here's his mentality, Brother Tony. He just assumed you go today. He knows he's lost you to heaven. He just assumed you go. Because from a strategic point of view, if you go, what, what is, what is that, how does that help him? He doesn't have to deal with you down here. This is why, see, you can't hurt him in heaven like you can hurt him down here. So Satan, he knows he's lost you to heaven, but he's not going to ignore you as long as you're down here. He wants to evict you from your body because if you lose your body, you can't stay. He wants you out. Because then when you're on the earth, you can't tell anybody about the gospel. You can't pray like a Christian can down here on the earth. You, you can't perform the will of God. You can't give to kingdom projects. He, if he can get you out of your body and evict you out of your body, he just say, enjoy your heaven, but at least I don't have to contend with you anymore. Yeah. And that's his aim. That's his goal. It is our job to not allow... He is not going to evict me out of my body through an attack of sickness and disease. Oh, no, you're not. I, I don't know how you think, but I am not going to be moved. This body belongs to me and the Lord and my wife. Amen. Until I lay it down. And I'm not done yet. I, are you? I mean, if you really did think you're done, you ought to come to my office. I'll teach you how to leave your body and go to heaven. By faith. But if you're not done... Don't let the devil tell you when you're done. Don't let the devil be the one to decide it. 
But see, people have this, they've been religiously brainwashed and they just think, well, if God's not healing it, you know, my time must be getting close. And no, where, no, where'd you get that? You didn't get that from me. And you didn't get that from the Bible. You may have got it from some preacher, teacher, books, you know, TV ministry that doesn't know nothing. But that's why we're focused on these things. Amen. So you have to see sickness for what it is. It's an enemy. And you have to see it like this. It's a defeated enemy. It's not my battle to try to defeat sickness. Jesus already whipped it. Jesus already took it. Jesus already did the hard part. I'm the healed. I'm not sick trying to get well. I'm the healed and Satan's trying to take that away from me. And all I'm going to do is say, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, you don't. No, you don't. Amen. So let me ask you this. Would you and I, would you agree that anything that God calls evil, that would have to be an enemy to you? If God called it evil, it would have to be an enemy, right? And we could agree, I think, that whatever the Bible and God calls evil, it would be the enemy to what God calls good. Okay, so, so good. Uh, go over in your Bible. I want you to take the time to go to this one and mark this one. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. I don't know how I miss this scripture. I've read Deuteronomy through many, many times. But I just never, I just, you know, I just never saw it until Dr. Jacobs in a service pointed it out to us. And the Bible expressly tells us that every sickness and every disease that's out there and that will come down the pike is evil. It's not, it's not good. It's not holy. It doesn't have any sort of divine purpose. So look at uh, verse 14 and 15. God is speaking and He's talking to His people, talking about what will happen if uh, Deuteronomy 7, 14, uh, that if they'll follow Him, listen to Him, it says, You shall be blessed above all people. There shall, not, there shall not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee or me, how much? All, all sickness. All sickness, right? And we'll put, it should say in the Hebrew, permit. Permit. I will not permit. I will permit none of the what? Look at that. Evil diseases. In the previous phrase, he says, I'm taking away from you all sickness. You know what that means? He must not want you to have any. And then he says, I will not permit, I will not allow any of the evil. Everyone say evil. Evil Evil diseases of Egypt, which is representative of the world, the world system, to come upon you. Amen. But I will lay them upon them that hate you. In other words, he said, it should say, I will permit that. Now, the New Living Translation of verse 15 says, and the Lord will protect you from all sickness. See, this is what I wish... Christians had been firmly established in before COVID showed up. Because the freak out is evidence that believers are not established. I'm not attacking anybody, I'm just speaking reality. The freak out among Christians over flus and sickness and COVID and all of that 
is that they believe that they're just as susceptible to it as anyone. If you want just one little insight into me about this whole thing, whole whole thing, you know, it's it's this. I, I I am established. I do, I have and and still and will always, I am really believing that God is protecting us from contagions, viruses, cancers. Amen? I can only do my part. I can only do so much. It doesn't mean anybody out there. Look, there was a day in my life I was not established in these things. Didn't make me evil. It didn't make, but what it did is it made me susceptible because you can't have what you don't know and you can't know what you're not taught. And I hadn't had that opportunity yet. And so people that don't know and they don't know because they're not taught and they hadn't been taught because they're not in the right church or they're not studious enough in their Bibles, that explains why they freak out to worldly things. It's sad. The world's supposed to be salt in the earth. The church is supposed to be the light of the world. Again, no condo bondo. Is that right? But I'm preaching this to us so that we can get further rooted and secure. You're not going to get there overnight. Amen. So the Lord's New Living Translation says, And the Lord will protect you from all sickness. He will not, I love this, He will not let you. See, there's that, see, they understand something about the Hebrew in there. They will not let you suffer from the terrible diseases that you knew in Egypt. And they only knew them in Egypt by watching the Egyptians, not because they were sick. But He will inflict them upon all your enemies. So we see here unequivocally, the Bible uh, is not mixing words. It's not, you know, there's just no bones about it. In the mind of God, all sickness is evil. It's evil. When it shows up, it's evil. So what kind of attitude? When something evil shows up on your doorstep, you, you better not be accommodating. Are we supposed to be accommodating towards evil? Stealing's evil. Lying's evil. Committing adultery, that's evil. Right? We, we, we are fiercely, we fight some of these things. Right? Sickness is evil. It's not from God. And what, you know, by having the right attitude toward it, it's going to put us in a right mode in the use of our faith. Not passive, not wishy-washy, not trying to figure out, not spending any time trying to figure out, did this come from God? Did I do something wrong? You know, is God trying to teach me something? Maybe He's making me more spiritual, testing my faith. See, I don't waste my time on any of that stuff. I know if it shows up in my babies or my wife or my life or my church that it's evil and I'm going to do everything I can to run that off. Praise God. So we saw that sickness, sin, disease is evil. Let me quote Acts 10, 38 to you. You probably know that one, right? It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. So remember I said 
whatever God calls evil must be the enemy of what God calls good. We want the good because it's from God. Jesus went about after he was anointed doing good. What was the good that he did? Healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Who's doing the oppressing? Who's making people sick? The devil is. For God was with him. This is an interesting scripture. Acts chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Uh, Peter uh, and John, remember, were used of the Lord to raise up the, uh, the lame man at the gate beautiful. He was impotent in his feet. He'd never had walked. He was a beggar because of that. Couldn't work. And in the name of Jesus, they grabbed him up. He leaped and walked. Come on, and was healed. Well, later, they're being interrogated about this. And so Peter's response in verse 9 of Acts 4 says, If we this day be examined of the, here, notice this, circle it if you're there, good deed. What did God call this man's instant healing miracle of something he'd suffered from all his life? He called that a good deed. A good deed, a good deed, not an evil thing. If we be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, <laughs> be it known unto y'all, and he goes on and tells him that it was by the name and faith in the name of Jesus Christ that has made the man whole. But I want you to see that in these two scriptures, Acts 10, 38, Acts 4, 9, Deuteronomy 7, 15, we know that disease is evil, sickness is evil, that being healed is good, yes. that healing somebody is a good deed that comes from God. <laughs> Amen. What was the good deed done to the man? He was made whole. So being made whole is good, and to not be whole is Bad. How hard is that? Amen. Let me quote to you a few more verses, okay? John 10, 10. I'm going to go a little quick because I, I, I'm looking at the time. John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not. Now, Jesus is speaking here, but he's not referring to himself, is he? He's not the thief. He can't be the thief. He says someone else is the thief. We know Satan is the thief. The thief comes not, but for what? To steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life. Come on. Life and that they might have it more abundantly. First John 3, 8 is a favorite. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Why did He come? To destroy the works of the devil. Sickness and disease, who's it? is it God's work or the devil's work? It's the devil's work. Therefore, healing and the healing ministry and the healing promises are God's work. That's what he does. That's what he wants. That's what he came for. That's what he sent Jesus to the whipping post to pay for. I know, Pastor, how come I don't have it? Maybe you have the wrong attitude towards it. Maybe you're behind in meditating. I mean, did you see? You could tell Miss Margaret has done some effort to, to get a little ring and a thick thing of, she probably bought two packages of things and she's been writing those scriptures down and, and no, she's probably spent some time in there. You gotta, you gotta want it, baby. You gotta feed your faith. You put the word in, feed on it until it comes alive on the inside of you. Until you just flat get mad about it. Yes. Bless God, healing belongs to me. That's what I did with the Lord one day. 
I had been feeding, feeding, feeding my faith because I had a leg issue. The doctor, man, I was on crutches in pain. I was taking some narcotic medication and I tried to do a Wednesday night one time. And I go, Father, I, I, this isn't going to work because I can't tell the difference between the medication and the anointing. I don't know if I'm really anointed or if I'm just loopy with the medication. And I just fed my faith. I, I was reading E.W. Kenyon's book, Jesus the Healer. I was reading the yellow book from Pastor Nancy, The Healer Divine. I was reading my Bible. And just about two weeks, well, one day we got up. And uh, we were going to go look, uh, go over to Shepherdsville, about a three-hour drive, to, uh, to look at a horse that we ended up buying for my daughter, Faith. And uh, so we had the trailer, and we were all going to go. And I just whipped out of bed, and I mean, I had put enough word in me over two weeks of time that it just rose up on the inside of me. And, and this is the way it came out. I didn't script it. It's just the way it came out. I said, Father, if you didn't want me to expect you to heal me right now, you should not have written it down where I could read it. <laughs> and this is what, don't get mad at me. I'm just telling you it worked. I didn't script it. I didn't think here'd be a cool thing to say. It just came up out of me, out of the abundance of the heart. Your mouth speaks. I said, here's what you're going to do. I'm not taking any medication. I'm not taking the crutches. I'm not taking any heating pad. I'm going to stand up on my feet. You're going to heal me right now, and that's the way it's going to be. And I stood up on my feet, and I felt the pain. I took my first step, and it hurt like the dickens. Is that proper to say? I mean, that just, that hurt. That hurt. Second step, third step hurt, hurt less. You get to my third or fourth step, all the pain left. All the pain left. Never come back, never is going to come back. How'd you get there? Well, I can't, uh, I can't overestimate. I did four simple things. Guys, I, come on, I just did four simple things. I heard the word. I read the word. I spoke the word. I acted on the word. Four simple things. But you have to do all four. You can hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, never act on it. Hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, agree with it, but never believe that it's done in you now. Here's the thing, when, sweetie, when are you going to believe that you're healed based on the word? Because anybody, that, and it's fine too, you should if you need to, but anyone that comes to me saying, Pastor, I just don't understand you, well, the thing is, you just don't believe it yet. You just told me through your question, you don't believe it yet. So your remedy is to keep doing four simple things. Faith comes by hearing. Because the one who really believes asks no questions. Because, right? How many of you stopped at the bridge on the way over here and asked 25 questions before you crossed it? You didn't. You believed. And you hurled yourself and your family and your vehicle out on the bridge. Because you believed. Say, Pastor, I do believe. If you have not believed to the point that you are willing to say I'm well because you believe you're well and get up and act like you're well, then you don't believe it enough. Well, I'm waiting on some, I'm waiting for my body to change. That's how I'll know I'm healed. You're walking by sight, and that's not the kind of faith God demands. God demands that you believe based on what he said, not based on what you feel. You have to get that about faith. 
Brother Hagin pulled himself up to a seated position. He lifted his little paralyzed, atrophied legs into a seated position. He pulled himself up onto the bedpost. He did everything he could do to show God and the devil <laughs> and everyone that he believed that he was well based on Mark eleven twenty four. And it was only then did he feel anything that the power of God hit him in his head. And he was instantly healed. And then, you know, if you hear most versions of his testimony, him tell it, he won't, you got to listen to him enough to hear him tell enough of the story. That stand and fight of faith went on. He felt weak. He would feel the heart symptoms come. He would, oh, I thought I had it. No, he just stood there, stood there, stood there, stood there. He started going back to school, and his school teacher would say, listen, you don't look well. I think you need to go home. And what would most, you know, really? See ya. They gave him every opportunity, but he would never, never, no, bless God, I'm healed. And he would just have to stand there, looking pale, looking the picture of death. No, I'm well. I believe I'm well. You, you have to fight the good fight of faith. And you have to have an attitude behind it. Where do you get that attitude? From the Word of God. That will give you a proper perspective that all sickness to any degree, from the worst to the, light, to the slightest, is from the pit. From the hangnail that you live with to the cancer that wants to kill you, it's all of the devil. Get in the habit of putting up with none of it. The really deadly stuff's going to have a hard time getting your body if you won't put up with a sniffle. Amen. Amen. I'm not putting up with a sniffle. I'm not putting up with an ache. I'm not putting up with a migraine. I'm not putting up with any of that stuff. And if, 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 if that stuff lingers and you have to hear from God and do some extra praying and tweak yourself and walk in love and figure it out on that level, then you just know it's never going to get in on a big level. But some people wait to really get serious about developing their faith until something major shows up and then so much of the time it's too late. And that's what Wigglesworth meant. That if you wait to get faith until you need faith, you're often going to find out that you're too late. So do it now. I said do it now. Hallelujah. You got time for just a minute, you know, a couple of nuggets more. But uh, I love this. You know, 1 John 3, 8, he said that the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The word destroy is from a Greek word that means to loosen or untie, to undo something that was bound, to set free from the bonds or fetters. It means to release from anything that binds, constrains, or hinders. It reminds me of that woman in Luke 13 that was bowed over. And Jesus looked at her and said, Woman, thou art what? Loosed. In other words, untied. I sever your bond. The thing that is constraining you, the thing that is keeping you bent over, I loose you from that bond. He also laid hands on her. Amen. And she was immediately made straight. And then he said, he was challenged about ministering to her. Why minister to her? And he says, ought not this woman whom Satan hath bound? Who did the binding? Satan did the binding. 
be loosed on the Sabbath day? This daughter of Abraham, meaning she's a descendant of Abraham, and that means she's got a covenant with me. And this is what Jesus did. Whenever he encountered people that Satan had bound with sickness, he loosed them. He undid. If they would let him, if they would receive from him, if they would believe him, if they would do what he said, he undid what the devil had done. 38 years that man was sick, and in a moment Jesus had him free. Come on. Praise God. Well, I'm going to see if I have time for two, two quick scriptures here. Luke, Luke chapter 10. Now, I know I say this is one of my favorite scriptures a lot, about a lot of scriptures, but this truly, truly is consistently one of my all-time favorites. Luke chapter 10. What do we learn tonight? Sickness is what? It's evil. It's your enemy. It's an enemy. When it shows up, that's enemy. Not my friend. You're not here to talk. We're not going to play footsie. You're an enemy. You're my enemy. And I'm going to treat you like an enemy. In other words, you've got to change your mind. I don't look at you as an opportunity to get a day off and be lazy. I'm not going to temporarily partner up with an enemy to have an excuse to tell my boss that I'm not coming in. Don't you let yourself get friendly. Don't you let yourself, you know, be, you know what I found out? If I, if I act like I hurt a little bit, I get a little extra attention from my mate. You better not play that game. You're allying yourself with an enemy. Don't let yourself get into that mindset. Enemies are meant to be killed and run off and captured and defeated and imprisoned and dealt harshly with. You know what, I'm, you know, I got this little, you know what, that's, I, I just really don't think. You know, hey boss. Especially if you have paid benefits. People play that a lot. I'm telling you, you don't, that's a mentality. That's not a redeemed mentality. That's a poverty mentality right there. Mm -mm -mm. I, I, people get in that about, you know, they don't want to dive in and get healed because they don't want to lose their little check. You know, faith is an act. If you believe you're healed, go apply for a job. And they won't. Why? Because if they get a job, they lose their little check. Well, you just go on and be sick then. I have no respect for that whatsoever. That's lazy, lazy, bum, poverty, curse, sickness, low-level thinking. And I'm not sorry for any of that. And I'm, I don't think that's probably any of your mentality. But there are people out there who take advantage of their government, live on the dole, and they won't be healed. They won't receive their healing. They won't act on their faith because they don't want to endanger their little... You can't live on $600 a month anymore, anyway. You get healed, you work, you make $3,000 a month. But you have to work for it. Oh, my God. I'm preaching good. I'm telling you, I'm preaching good. Live stream. I'm just, that's just the truth about it. People love the attention. People love the chicken noodle. They love the, the little pat on the head. 
be sick then. I'm just telling you, you're, you're playing with the mentality that you're arm in arm with something that's from the devil. And that's not the kind of posture you need to be if you want to live a long, divinely healthy life free of sickness and disease. Amen. So Luke chapter 10, verse 18 and 19 in the Amplified. And uh, I don't have time to get you the background, but uh, the disciples of 70 come back and they have been kicking butt and taking names in Jesus' name. And uh, they came back to report and Jesus said in Luke 18, uh, Luke 10, 18, in the Amplified, he said unto them, I saw Satan fall like a lightning flash from heaven. Just remember, don't be impressed with the devil. Don't be impressed with symptoms. Don't be impressed with doctor's reports. They're nothing to God. I said they're nothing to God. They're nothing to God. A dead man is nothing to God. All God has to do is look his way and that guy's going to go boing. The Bible says Jesus, uh, that God raises the dead with the finger of God. Telling you. So that's a great verse. Look at verse 19 though. Jesus says, behold, I have given you authority and power to trample upon serpents and scorpions and the physical and mental strength and ability over all the power that the enemy possesses. All the power of the enemy. Sickness is an enemy. I taught you that already. Jesus has given every single one of us as his children all the power and all the authority over all of the ability of the enemy. Whatever Satan, his ability that he thinks he's got to make you sick or to drive you out of your body early, Jesus has already given you the authority and the power to not just win out and survive, but to trample under your foot every pain, every sickness, every disease, everything that's come. Pastor, why, how come then? Do you have, is this, is this attitude alive in you yet? If not, marinate in this scripture until you graduate spiritual guerrilla warfare, airborne seal faith school. Until you become lethal to the devil. You, know, you think this lady over here, she's all sweet, she's all nice, she's all docile. But I mean, you just, you, and she is, but I tell you what, you know, it hadn't happened a lot. But, uh, you know, you, you mess with one of her dogs. Or, I mean, she just prayed for a duck that I thought was going to die. And the duck is healed, you know, praise God. I mean, she just doesn't put up with it. And listen, you don't have to be all animated. You don't have to be like me in the sense, I'm kind of an animated personality. But you could sit there quiet. But I mean firm. And in a whisper, you could tell the devil what for. And if you mean it in your heart and you're basing it on Scripture and you've got revelation about what belongs to you, that, that sickness and disease cannot stay. It will run. It will run away from you in terror. Now, do you understand? You have to walk in love. You have to be forgiving. It helps to greatly to be in the will of God for your life, for all of this to work. 
But I love this. He says, Jesus said, I've given you power over all the power the enemy possesses. And how about this? Nothing. Come on, nothing. nothing. Shall in any way harm you. Nothing. Nothing. I don't care what the devil's cooking up in China or anywhere else about what's coming next. I don't care. He, Jesus already spoke to it. He, this covers Ebola. It, it covers the EBGBs. It covers a little snot bubble that gets on you when one of the little, you pick up your little grandkids. The blood of Jesus. The stripes of Jesus. I don't care what's running your family. You know those forms at the doctor's office, they just get longer and longer. They want to know what great-grandpa had and who died of this. And I just want to say, I have been regenerated. I, I, have, a, I have different family. But I know that would kind of go, they'd be like, who is this guy? Let's close. Let's close here in First Peter. Are you getting anything? Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. I don't even know that I'll minister to you by the laying on hands. Maybe Sunday, but I'm just telling you. Let this word, let the word create a mind and a thought and an attitude in you about these things. Well, Pastor, you know I'm not really dealing with anything. You probably know somebody that is. You get this kind of attitude. He will use that faith enemy attitude just like Jesus. Jesus didn't have any physical problems. But when he came across somebody, amen, that had a covenant with God, he said, oh, sweetheart, I, Satan's bound you. Let me pray for you. You don't need to suffer this another day. And you're not only walking in it, but you're going to begin to pray for people and they're going to get healed. That's where God wants us to go. Amen. You know, I've been mocked for believing this, scoffed at, ridiculed, distanced from members of my own family. But I don't care. I'm staying with it. I don't, I'm going to stay right here. And they, they would say things in my 20s. They would say stuff, well, yeah, you're young. You just stick around a while. Your body start breaking down. Well, I'm 48 and I'm still doing good. Be 49 November. And I'm going to, you know what message I'm going to be preaching when I'm 75 if the Lord hadn't come? Right here, right now. And I'm going to go, woo, and praise God. I'm going to remember, I'm going to say, what are you going to say now? Then I'm going to preach it when I'm 85. And then the Lord and I are going to sit down and have a conversation. And maybe I'll live on. Amen. Maybe I'm not done at 85. But maybe I am. That'll be, it's not the devil's. He didn't get to play. He didn't get to vote. He didn't get to decide when I leave this planet. You know, you ever have a meeting with God and the devil pulls a chair up to the table? Don't let him stay there. Don't let him stay there. He don't belong there. Wow. All right. 1 Peter 5, 8, again, in the Amplified. So Peter's warning us. And he says, be well balanced, be temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, 
roams around like a lion, roaring in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Who can he do that? People who are not as blessed as you, who haven't heard this precious teaching. Or haven't ta- paid any attention to it. So you could be here and sit this. That doesn't make you, that doesn't make you the victor. You're the victor legally, but if you want to live it victoriously, it's not enough for you to sit here and hear the right message and say amen. What are you going to do when you leave here? This ought to affect how you talk, how you live, how you think, what you do. Amen. Praise God. And see, it's, you know, for all my family sitting here, you know, like Faith, I've been carrying you and your mom and I, and you've got faith yourself. That's why you, you know, praise God, but you're going to have to wear out some healing books and highlight some Bibles and, you know, use your tongue and stand your ground. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right. So, so what did he say to do? He said, withstand him. He didn't say give in to him. He didn't say whimper and cry. He said withstand him. Be firm in the faith against his onset. Rooted and established. I love these words, don't you? Rooted, established, strong, immovable, determined. And then my favorite word after that is what? Knowing. Deacon Russell, how? Are you going to be rooted and established and strong and immovable and determined? By knowing. By knowing. Hello. By knowing. Matters what you know. Matters what you know when you go to the doctor. Matters what you know when you get up and you feel a pain. Matters. Matters what you know. When someone around you that you love gets whatever, you know. It matters what you know. And, and would, how much better is it not to try to get rooted and strong and immovable in the middle of a major battle? It's much better to get immovable and strong and rooted and grounded before anything shows up. Isn't that right? So closing here, this word resist in the Greek is so strong. King James says resist. Amplified says withstand. And the Greek word, I'll go ahead and try to give it to you. It, it's antihistamine. Antihistamine. And it's where we get the word antihistamine from. Amen. And it's a combo word, right? Anti means against, and histamine means to cause to stand. So when you put those two words together in the Greek, this is what it means. Antihistamine means to vigorously oppose, to bravely resist. To stand face to face with an enemy, standing your ground, just like antihistamine puts a block on histamine. We resist in faith with the authority and spiritual weapons granted unto us, and we withstand all evil forces like sickness. Praise God. But do you see that there's an attitude Peter's talking about? Not a docile pray a prayer. Praying a prayer is good. But you're talking about a warrior here. You're talking about a soldier here. You're talking about someone who knows they're in a fight. You're talking about someone who knows some things and he can stand face to face with his enemy and not be moved. Because I know, I know this doesn't belong to me. I know this pain can't stay. 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I know I'm the healed. You're trying to take it from me. That's not going to work well for you. I'm not sick trying to get well. I'm the healed. Stay in that way. If, you're, if you get the revelation that you're the healed in Christ, then every symptom is a lying symptom. It's the liar. The lie is not that you're not the healed. Do you get that? The Word calls you healed. The Bible says let every man be true, or let God be true and every man a liar. Well, let God be true and every symptom is a lie. We don't deny the existence of something, but it's the one that's lying. It's the one that's moving, and it's me staying with the truth of what I know from God's Word that ensures that thing's leaving. Come on, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, over in Revelation, you remember the two witnesses? And uh, for a period of time, they're going to be given extra special anointing and power. And they're going to stand, the Bible says, someday in the future uh, in the streets of Jerusalem and just confronting the Antichrist and the false prophet. And the Bible says that if any, God, get, God protects them for this period of time. And that if any weapon comes against them, the Bible says in Revelation eleven five 5, that if any man try to hurt them, fire proceeds out of their mouth and devours their enemies. Well, that's a special thing now, but the principle is now. When the enemy comes against you to try to hurt you, fire ought to come out of your mouth. The fire of faith, the fire of the sword of the Spirit ought to come out of your mouth and devour the enemy of sickness and disease and pain. Come on, stand up tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Woo, praise God. Amen. 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 You know, when, you're, when you got a young family and your kids are small, it's wonderful to know this as a mom and a daddy. Because you don't know it's scary when a fever comes. Right? We don't have to be afraid. And we don't have to live our life tormented about getting older. Because getting older doesn't equal.